there, I'm Dr. Susie Green, founder and CEO of the Positivity Institute, a positively deviant organisation dedicated to creating a flourishing world. And it's my pleasure to welcome you back to the Positivity Prescription Podcast Series 2. The series is based on my 6M model of flourishing, which includes six core capabilities that I believe and decades of research supports are essential in creating a flourishing life. So join me as I talk to experts from around the globe about the six M's, mood, motivation, might, meaning, mindfulness, and mindset. They'll share their experiences and insights together with practical strategies to proactively improve your mental health and well-being. So let's get started. Dr. Ryan Nemick is a leading international figure in the education, research and practice of character strength. He's education director of the renowned VIA Institute on Character, a non-profit organisation in Cincinnati that leads the global advancement of the science of character strengths. Ryan is an award-winning psychologist, certified coach, annual instructor at the University of Pennsylvania, special guest faculty at five coaching and positive psychology institutes, and author of 11 books, 90 plus academic papers, and several hundred user-friendly articles. Ryan lives in Cincinnati with his wife and three young zestful children. His highest strengths are hope, love, honesty, fairness, spirituality, curiosity, and appreciation of beauty. He's an avid chess player, zealot of Michigan State University, super fan of The Walking Dead, and a collector of vintage Pez dispensers. Well, hello, Ryan. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast today. Yes. Hi, Susie. It's great to be reconnecting with you here. Absolutely. And uh, I know we, we share a couple of things in common. From memory, we are born on the same day. Is that right, Ryan? Yes. Oh, well, maybe not the same year, but same birth date. 10th of August. Is, is that that's correct? That's right. The most important day of the year, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're both Leo the lion, I guess, is the, the sign. But So born leaders, I think, is what that's supposed to mean. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true for me. That might be true for you, but I don't know too. But I, and I know it's it's audio only today, so we can't see our uh, our manes as well. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leos have have a mane of hair, and I guess the other thing that we share in common is clearly our love of strengths. And uh, we've known each other for a long time, and I've been involved, I guess, and been interested in in strengths since they launched. And I think it was about was it. Technically or historically, 2004, would you say that the VIA launched? Is that correct or not? Well, the book by Peterson and Seligman and the 55 Scientists was published in 2004. So, right. you know, launching sort of the VIA classification to the world. But but the VIA Institute, the nonprofit that was behind all of that, that yes. supported Marty Seligman and Chris Peterson and the 55 Scientists, that technically started in 2000. You know, that was a collaboration with my boss, who's the chairman of VIA still, Neil Mayerson, yes. Yes. with Marty, and uh, where they were trying to tap into this area and really develop this area of positive psychology around positive character and positive traits and, and really try to see what they could uncover. And so that's when they then, shortly after that, hired Chris Peterson and got the collaboration of uh, various scientists around the world and and started that investigation of what's best in human beings across 
cultures, across countries, across beliefs, religions, philosophies, and so on. And and then a few years later, with after doing all that work, they uh, they landed on the Via Classification in 2004. And what an incredible job that they have done and yourself having been involved. So you've been involved fairly early on as well, Ryan. Yeah, well, at the time, I was a practicing clinical psychologist in St. Louis. So, And right now I'm in Cincinnati. That's where the VA Institute is, Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was seeing patients and doing probably a little bit more of what was typical of psychologists, which is focusing on what's wrong and helping them recover from problems and disorders and struggles, and was always intrigued by exploring more of what's right and what's best about people, but but didn't have a common language to, to go by. So I, I did what I sort of called just sort of winging it. You know, I would hear something good about gratitude or something, and this is again, 2001, 2002. Yes. And so then I would throw that in there with, with to my clients and and then when this via classification came out, I immediately attached myself to it and became very interested in, in this because it was a very holistic scheme. You know, with you have wisdom or cognitive-oriented strengths, you have courage and emotional-based strengths, you have interpersonal strengths, humanity, and so on. And it aligned with my holistic orientation about how people are biological beings, they're psychological beings, they're social beings, they're spiritual beings, cultural beings. So this was you know, perfect with that holistic framework as a common language of what's best in people. And so I began to use it with clients, even though this was really just descriptive work at the time, just describing yes. what's best in people. But I wanted to give them some kind of uh, taste at how to apply it and ended up collaborating on a book on the via classification. It was Positive Psychology at the Movies. That's I love that book. And is it yeah, a we, series or third series now? Two editions on two that editions. one. Two editions, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's kind of what got me, you know, even more involved. I had to know the the via classification book uh, backward, forward and inside out in order to write the movies book. And and then that sort of propelled me then to join VIA, which is was in a completely different part of the United States and a, a whole story of synchronicity where my wife and I were planning to move from St. Louis to uh, Cincinnati. Oh, wow. And we were going to try to build a house and sell a house at the worst time in the United States economy since the Great Depression in the right. 1930s. And neither one of us had jobs, but but there was something that was felt intuitively mm-hmm. right for us to make this move, to make this big plunge. And so we you know, had already committed to making the move and it was going to take about a year to do. So we were in the middle of the process. And then suddenly I get this email from Neil Mayerson, who I didn't know, and my wife happened to be looking over my shoulder, uh, which she usually didn't do with my emails. And she said, well, Ryan, you know, yes, he's asking you if, for some help with something, but look, his air, the area code is 513, which is Cincinnati. Wow. You know, and I was like, oh, that's where, yeah, that's where we're going. And, and man, that's, and I didn't know there was a VIA Institute behind all of this. I just knew the scholarly work and just referenced that, you know, but so then I told Neil and others at VIA about you know, that I was making this move and and they created the position of education director for me. So that was really the end of 2008, the beginning of 2009. And then I, so I've been there since then. So it's been about 12 years. Absolutely meant to be. I can't actually, yeah. anyone that has done, you've done just an incredible job and as a representative of the VIA Institute as well, Ryan Vetter. I love, I love those stories of synchronicity. Yeah, totally is one. <laughs> yeah. And I guess look, the other commonality that we have is that we both are clinical psychs. And I started, as you know, my uh, psych profession as a clinical psych, but I moved very quickly into coaching 
and coaching psychology. And I think when I became familiar and came across the VIA, which was very early on because I loved the science and I was about to start in 2004 teaching the science at Sydney University of Positive Psychology. So I became familiar with it. So I've been using it since around when it first launched. So um, I've got a long history in using it. And uh, t- so it's always lovely to talk to you about it. Yeah, you're one of those great, wonderful early pioneers with character strengths. Yeah, I remember some of our early connections. Basically, when I joined VIA in 2009, yeah. I think it's when we first connected about it. And yeah, and we're, you know, the field of psychology, I mean, maybe this doesn't describe every country around the world, but it has not embraced positive psychology, ironically, even though it was born in the field of psychology, has not embraced it as, as well as coaching or even the business management world, some of the education world, you know, so there's still a lot of work to do even in the psychology field with this work. Yeah, so it is, it's been wonderful to be part of this journey, this ride, if you like, to see the development of it. But um, yeah. as you know, it's with the Positivity Prescription, and uh, hopefully you've received a copy of my book, which uh, I published last year, which was an interesting year to publish a book <laughs> called The Positivity Prescription. But I took a little bit of creative license, and uh, Ryan, I don't know if you do know, but creativity is one of my top five strengths. And so when I was coming up with the model, the six M's, and I had strengths, I thought, oh, how am I going to make this one work? So I came up with might to sort of represent strength, if you like. And as you and I both know, there are different approaches to strengths. And I personally, and I know there's uh, different ways of looking at this and different definitions, but I personally try to be very explicit in differentiating character strengths from what I would generally refer to as performance strengths. And I put, I guess, Clifton Strengths Finder and the Strengths Profile and tools like that in, in that category. And I think it's really important from my perspective that we continue to make that differentiation because you hear that adage that's been around for a long time in terms of play to your strengths, just play to your strengths. And, and I often say to people, well, when it comes to the character strengths, yes, that can be relevant, but You know, they're all important. The 24 character strengths are all important. And, you know, by the time I leave the planet, and I'm not intending on going soon, but, you know, (laughs) I hope that I've developed the full 24. I'm not there yet. I can assure you it's a work in progress, Ryan. But I think think it's really important. And I'd love to hear your perspective on the definition that you use of character strengths, how you differentiate them, and the messaging you give around the, the 24 character strengths. Sure. Yeah, there's lots of great questions in that question. So in, in short, I think of strengths and character strengths in particular as that which is best in you. And in looking at the now 700 studies on the VIA classification and VIA survey, which is more than anything else, even close in the field of positive psychology, and looking at that and talking with different people around the world, we've really landed at this point on a, a three-part definition for what character strengths are. You know, what is this sort of common language? And so the way that we think about it is that there are these positive personality traits that reflect our core identity. That's one. They produce positive outcomes for ourselves and others. That's two. And then three is contribute to the collective good or the greater good, the common good. And, you know, and there's research that supports each of these. And depending on what culture you're in, some cultures care more about the greater good element. Some care more about the instrumentality of positive outcomes. Some care more about the identity piece, but they're all interwoven and they're all really important. You made a very crucial distinction of 
well, so I, I guess I would frame it a little differently of that there's many different kinds of strengths, you know, so you're saying performance strengths and yeah, we could call those talents or skills. You know, we have strengths of resources that are external supports for us. We have interests or passions. So there's lots of different categories of strengths. You know, some, some companies use the word competencies, yeah. which I think of as skills, uh, but it's the character strengths that are at the core of mm. all of those. You know, you, they're the, the engine or the fuel that makes the talent soar or the skills soar. And I really, really believe and have found that character strengths really are about performance and about the identity piece. And in other words, they're about being and doing. That's kind of like a philosophical element. But so they're about being, they're about being who we are, being true to ourselves, being authentic, you know, being true to our highest signature strengths and letting those unleash in a balanced way, strong way into the world. But also they're about action and they're about performance and they're about producing positive outcomes at our job or in our school or improving better relationships. So that's where we think, you know, think of character strengths as being so central. And, you know, some of the other strength instruments and categories are actually not peer-reviewed instruments. So Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, they're not even positive psychology since positive psychology is all about the science of what's best in people and applying the science. So, I mean, you mentioned Gallup and their strength scope and Realize 2 and Myers-Briggs and, you know, the Enneagram and, and all these, I mean, I know all of them. They're all good tools. They all can offer something positive, but zero of them are peer-reviewed. So if you go to, and I always tell people, if you go to any online library or physical library, if there's still any that exist, and you do a search on, say, Gallup strengths, you'll find almost zero studies, maybe two studies. You know, whereas if you study, you know, if you look up character strengths or via classification, via survey, you'll find, you know, the 700 studies or more. So that's a huge, in my opinion, deal breaker kind of distinction between character strengths and all the other kinds of categories. Yeah. So I think it's really important um, as you, you know, identified it is the science that differentiates, I guess, positive psychology, isn't it? So yeah. th- there are so many studies and uh, I know uh, I think Mike Steger and I were reflecting when I interviewed him last year about how, because we were involved in the early days like you were, Ryan, that I used to be able to quote every study that came out at the time, which, yeah. which weren't that many, you know. But at some point I had to, you know, Mike was saying the same, you had to let it go. You, know, you had to realise that you couldn't be across every single study because there were just so many. And I guess you have the beauty of, because that's your sole focus, that you're probably much more familiar, uh, well, I'm, I know that you are with the research findings. Are there any um, that you would say that are really have been enlightening or surprising to you or that you would like to share with us today. And I know we want to focus on, and I'm equally passionate about this, the emerging interest in in spirituality as a strength, but are are there any other research findings that you think you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. You know, with the 700 or so studies, we can go by different categories. So we can go by the category of health or the character strengths in health or character strengths in work, the character strengths in education, character strengths in adversity, you know, managing problems, character strengths in mindfulness, you know, so that we could go in all these different directions. You know, the one that is maybe known pretty well in the field is always worth repeating is 
the repeated finding around our highest strengths, you know, which we call signature strengths, those that are highest ones profile, those that are most energizing, essential to who the person is, easiest to use. Several studies have now found that if people use one of their signature strengths in new ways, it's it's connected with greater happiness and less depression. And what, what's been interesting is a couple of years ago, a couple of Australian researchers did a meta-analysis of all the different signature strengths intervention studies. And what they found in that meta-analysis was that, indeed, working on signature strengths and using them in a new way each day is connected to not only greater happiness and greater depression, according to the studies, but also higher life satisfaction, also higher flourishing, Oh, and higher strengths use, like it actually yeah. causes, you know, cause you to use your strengths more. So that's a pretty amazing finding because a lot of the meta-analyses or study of studies in our field have, have been critiqued very harshly, especially by people outside of positive psychology. And, the, and I, there's not really studies that look specifically at an intervention like that. You know, of course, mm-hmm. there's lots of mindfulness studies and coaching uh, meta-analyses and so on. But to pull out one specific, very concrete, very, very, very simple intervention and have a whole meta-analysis done of it and to get positive results, you know, there might not be any intervention in all of our field that can say that. So so that's a pretty important one, I would say. You know, one other one that I I like a lot and is great for audiences, which well, great for anybody that's working, which is a lot of people, but maybe unfortunately not everybody. And that is what uh, I've just kind of termed character strengths alignment, which means to align your character strengths with your job, a, l- a little bit like job crafting. Yeah, but, yeah. And the idea is to name. It's basically three steps. You name your just for lack of a a better number, five, name your top five signature strengths as a starting point. Then name, say, five of the main tasks you do at work. You know, so getting really specific, like I, you know, am uh, typing emails or I'm leading a team meeting or I'm filing papers, you know, even things that are very boring to the person. And then third is to align at least one of your signature strengths with a task. And you could do that through all your tasks. So the person might infuse more curiosity while they're filing papers and they might infuse more gratitude at a team meeting or maybe more kindness or bravery to speak up at a team meeting uh, and so on. And, and the person makes their own alignments in that way. And the research has shown that that's been an effective strategy in the workplace and you know, build, it builds more well-being and engagement for people. So that's another recent intervention. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing. And I mean, to me, it it really stands out because and you, you did note that it is often using the researches around the novel use. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that if you are, and I know for me, I work very hard in my career to get to a place where I'm pretty much every day using my my signature strengths, which are, I think is why I do experience elevated levels of, of well-being and, and energy. And, and I also often reflect, Ryan, that zest, energy and vitality isn't my top five. And many people say it possibly is more trait-like for me. And I have been a fairly energetic, you know, from a young child as well. But I absolutely know that the more that I've been able to use my signature strengths in my career over my lifetime, that my energy and my enthusiasm has increased over time. Yeah, there's just so many possibilities when it comes to that. If people really dig dig deep into each of their top strengths, they begin to realize there's a whole nother world of possibilities. You know, there's this quote that I love from the poet that ran in the circles of Pablo Picasso. His name is Paul Eluard. And he has this quote that says, there is another world and it is in this one. 
there's another world and it is in this one. And that's the way I look at mindfulness, but it's also the way that I look at character strengths is that yes. once we begin to, to delve into this work and we begin to really connect these words called strengths or virtues with our behaviors and with our thinking and with our feelings, with our actions and a whole world opens up. And we can never know enough. We can, there's always more studies. There's always more practices. There's always more creative ways to apply it. And it's kind of amazing. I mean, and just to, just to build off of your example, one of my signature strengths comes up in my top, you know, two or three. And every time I take to be a survey, which is about every couple of years, is honesty. And so I've always been an honest person. I've always told the truth. Yeah. But it needs to be looked at more deeply than that. It's also about being direct with people. It's also about being forthright with people. It's also about being clear. It's all about, also about speaking up when it's difficult to, you know, to mm. say something really you know, hard to somebody, to disagree with people, even though that might affect things in a certain way. You know, it's to be authentic and true to yourself. So I've just found just, just, just that kind of obvious strength that when you dig into it and really look at it and all the nuances of relationships and the workplace, there's just a world of deepening and then authenticity that can emerge from that practice. I think you've really pointed out the intimate relationship between mindfulness and might from my perspective or strengths, if you like. And I know you've published one book or maybe two books and also many papers on the interactions between mindfulness and character strengths. Yeah, that's one of my yeah favorite topics. I'm, I guess my area. Some people have pointed it out to me. And I have to is is I really do a lot of work on integrating character strengths with different things. So it kind of requires me to uh, study deeply a lot of different yeah. areas. You know, whether it's disability or whether it's parenting or whether it's mindfulness or whether it's savoring or whether it's uh, spirituality or whether it's meaning in life and and really being able to. In order to make that integration happen, one has to know deeply those other areas. So, yes. and, and luckily with mindfulness, I've been studying and practicing mindfulness longer than character strength oh, by, wow. by almost by almost a decade. So that's the area that I know really best, maybe. So it was kind of a natural hand in glove move in around 2010 when I realized that in the field of positive psychology, people really adore mindfulness and want to learn it and practice it and teach it. And they love character strengths. And I was like, well, these are kind of my two areas. They really should come together and maybe in a synergistic way. So that's when I then went on this journey and exploring with other people and testing it out and came up with an, an eight-week program called Mindfulness-Based Strengths Practice or MBSP that integrates mindfulness and strengths, character strengths together across the eight weeks, you know, using the best science and practices of mindfulness, best science practices of character strengths. And since uh, when that book was published, the whole program, the whole manual for that is published in the Mindfulness and Character Strengths book. So the from the audio to the scripts, to the structure that a leader would would, how they would lead MBSP to the whole framework, you know, since that's been available, it's available out there to the world, researchers, practitioners, there's been great enthusiasm across the globe. And so we've been training, we actually are starting to do a certification now in MBSP. You know, I offer it two times live uh, a year on the VIA site and studies are popping up few times a year on MBSP and, and finding actually that it's actually does better than the gold standard mindfulness program called MBSR, Mindfulness wow. Patient Reduction. 
So it's really encouraging so far. So yeah, I, I love that time. Don't get me started. I mean, you got me started, but don't, <laughs> don't push me anymore because I'll oh, keep going on that one no. for the next few days. <laughs> I, I love it as well. And I think, you know, as you probably know, for Professor Felicia Huppert, who I've also interviewed on mindfulness, has referred to mindfulness as being the foundation of flourishing. And uh, I often talk about the work that I do that if you don't have a level of mindfulness or awareness, how are you going to notice that there is an opportunity to use a strength in this situation? Or, you know, you're not going to be able to mindfully strength spot, you know, see strengths in others. So they're just so intimately connected, as I was saying before. And I think also, and this is where I really would like to move to next, for me, it enables that combination of mindfulness and and awareness and increasing self-awareness around your identity, as you said, which is a a way that you're sort of looking at character strengths, can lead to personal growth and and development. And so I'm really interested, I guess, in your, I know you've got a keen interest in looking at specifically at the character strength of of spirituality, but, you know, how they all sort of interact in terms of personal growth, uh, adult development, which you know, some wonderful work that we draw on in coaching psychology, uh, Robert Keegan's work at Harvard. So, uh, yeah, it, it really keen for you to, to explain where you're at with your interest in particularly spirituality, which I will say, Ryan, over the years, and I'm sure you've had this feedback plenty of plenty of times over the years when people will say, you know, spirituality um, is in my bottom five and they're quite surprised at that. And uh, I guess, you know, and I think I had I have reached out to you over the years and became aware that it was because the questions, and I'm not sure if that's changed, it'd be good for you to comment on that too, but the questions specifically were relating more to religion. And so if you were more of a spiritual person that have broader spiritual beliefs, then it's not uncommon for you to perhaps have that character strength in the bottom five. So yeah, what what are your thoughts around that big area that I've just thrown at you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a wonderful area. And, and well, just to First, uh, what you're saying with mindfulness and identity, just a yes. quick comment, and then the yes. spirituality uh, building off what you said about, yeah, there there are studies. Erica Carlson has done some studies finding that mindfulness does bring people to be basically aware of who they are, you know, so that identity component, it, it kind of helps people to be aware of their blind spots. You know, we all have blind spots on our self-knowledge and, and who we are. And sometimes other people know us better than we know ourselves in some ways. And so mindfulness helps to lessen that and to lessen those blind spots. And it helps us then to be, if we're, if we're decreasing our blind spots, we're becoming more clear seeing more aware of ourselves. And that's very much our character strengths, being aware of of we are being aware of what's inside of us to be able to share. But in terms of the spirituality piece and the, yeah, the items on the BIA survey, yeah, you're right. That's definitely been something that's, that we've been asked about over the years. And so the, the BIA survey has undergone many different revisions. So around 2017 or 18, it, it underwent another big revision where every single scale of the 24 character strengths uh, was changed. And about half of the questions for every single strength were, were changed, you know, some more than others. Uh, and the items were reduced. And this has been the case again for the last maybe three years. The, there's 96 questions, all positively keyed. So four questions per strength. And they all have changed a little bit, improved a little bit. And the uh, spirituality scale has, has only ever had one question that used the word religion in the past, but that's no longer there. 
And so it's more about purpose in life and, and calling and maybe having a practice that's spiritual in some way, that, that sort of thing. But it is only four questions to try to capture something that's highly multidimensional. I mean, every person's spirituality is so different. And some people do pursue the path of, of different religions in a very authentic way. And then there's the fastest growing population in the United States and maybe well, certainly many countries, which is the spiritual but not religious category. That's been the fastest growing here for close to two decades. And that's really more true to what this character strength called spirituality is, that it's actually a universal trait, the universal experience, whereas religion is not necessarily universal, uh, where spirituality is. And, you know, from the science, we know that, you know, from so many studies that spirituality is the search for or the communing with the sacred in life, which can include religion, but it can also be absent. I mean, atheists can commune with the sacred, you know, having an awe experience in nature or pursuing something that is uh, a deep relational experience, a deep sense of love, you know, that could be a spiritual experience. So there's so many ways to tap into and experience spirituality. So that's, it's hard to capture it in four questions. And I think that's why Chris Peterson and Marty Seligan maybe made it more about religion and and faith before, because it's so concrete. Uh, It's something to kind of latch onto, but yeah, it's not as universal. So, so that's been changed. And I know a lot of people in Australia were, would question that. Uh, and rightfully so. I was questioning it along with them. So that luckily that's improved and, and we're have just finished a major revision of the VIA youth survey, which right. has the equal problem because for youth, you need it even more concrete, you know, for young mm. people. However, we've been connected with Lisa Miller, who's a, a neuropsychologist at Columbia that studies the spiritual experiences of adolescents and young people. Uh, she's probably the leading figure in the world of that. And so has done a lot of work on spirituality, setting aside the religious elements and just the spiritual experiences of of young people and studying their brains and so on. So we collaborated with her and her team to create uh, really the first ever measure of young people that would be secular spirituality and that doesn't collide with other character strengths. Because obviously we can see love as spiritual, we can see humility, forgiveness, kindness, fairness. You know, I argue that all 24 strengths can actually be viewed as spiritual in that sense. Some are very obvious, like the ones I just mentioned. So anyway, so that's something to look forward to this year is a revision of the BAU survey. And it'll go down to age eight, by the way, too. And uh, and we've revised all the scales there as well. So I'm really happy about that, that it's moving forward in a, in a strong way in that sense. Yeah, and so important, particularly with the significant mental health issues of young people. And as you know, Ryan, particularly as, as a clin psych, often I know when I was using first using the VR in my clinical work, it was not surprising to me that people that were arriving often had hope in their bottom five, you know, and that sense of hopelessness. And I guess, you know, perhaps a, a lack of, of meaning or, or purpose. And I think for young people, it's just so important um, that, that there's opportunities to have these discussions and, and also within educational settings too. So it's such important work, isn't it? And would you say that we're in the early days in terms of spirituality as a character strength? Is there much research or are you, is that what you're saying? It's relatively early days here. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that people think about spirituality in lots of different ways. I mean, some yes. people can call it a strength, a character strength, and some will say, which I think is true also, that it's a domain of life, you know, so we have biological, psychological. So there's so many different ways to look at it. So, 
in terms of the science of spirituality, just in general, there's been a whole lot of research outside of positive psychology. And, and it's just, it has not gotten much attention in positive psychology. For those of your listeners that are deeply in positive psychology, you know, would certainly see that like at the IPA conferences, at the most popular IPA conference, International Positive Psychology Conference that there's ever been, which is was the one in Melbourne. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, you and I met there, Susie. Yes. Um, so that was in 2019. So it was about, I loosely counted 850 or so different offerings. Right. And the number of times that spirituality came up in the title of a main talk, like a plenary, a workshop, an invited talk was zero, oh, zero times. Wow. You know, it was in a couple posters, you know, which aren't seen by many people, a round table, which might get five people in the audience, but the main ones that attract, you know, a hundred people or so zero times, you know, whereas meaning as you know, Susie, yes. is, a, is one of the positive psychology darlings, like, right. like character strength and mindfulness. So that, I think that came up, I can't remember my exact count, but like 20 times in major talks, which, and again, rightfully so, it should, but yeah. why not spirituality? And it's because, you know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of misconceptions, yes. confusion, linking it too much with religion. And so because of that and other reasons, I decided to uh, start a new division of IPA. And I collaborated with Itai Ifsan, who's a wonderful leader in our field and a, a great scholar. Yeah. yeah. And and he and I co-founded the spirituality and meaning division that just launched literally this year in 2021. It took us really since the IPA 2019 conference, it took us that long to do it. Uh, a lot of meandering around to get it. And it got a lot of interest. And, you know, we were involved in the last IPA conference, the Evidence and Action Conference with programming on spirituality and meaning. And you know, have a whole uh, program that we're lining up for the year and just like all the divisions doing uh, lots of different work. So, uh, and so that's our way of kind of bringing in and highlighting these areas even more strongly in our field. Yeah, well, I really look forward to hearing more about the developments in this field, Brian, because I think, you know, it's really relevant and I think people are, are looking for something more or something beyond themselves. And I know we won't have time to go into it today, but this area of adult development and the linkages, I guess, in terms of looking beyond the self is going to become more and more, I think, a conversation that we have particularly within coaching psychology, but I'm going to love to, to attend some of those uh, presentations at the Positive Psychology upcoming conferences as well. And look, we'll, we'll place some information, some uh, any of the research that we've mentioned today or happenings in this space we'll place on our Facebook page for people to access and connect with. So, Ryan, we could talk about <laughs> strengths all day or as we say here in Australia, I don't know if it's the same in the US, until the cows come home. Is that we yes, <laughs> I know that's safe. We say that too, yeah. <laughs> I think we could. I think you're right. So, it is wonderful to see the character strengths in particular being brought into our schools, into our workplaces, and you covered some of the different areas, health. I think there's huge applications there. Um, what about your own personal experience with the strengths-based techniques? And I guess we haven't really touched on it today either, but, you know, the development of, of character strengths, because clearly there are some strengths that are natural to us and it's much easier to use in, in novel ways, as we said before. But, yeah, what about your own personal experience with, with character strengths and perhaps developing a character strength or, or two? 
Yeah. So for my own personal experience, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lucky that this is my job is to, to advance the science and advance the practice of character strengths. That's the mission of the V Institute on character. So I'm, I'm lucky that that's my job because that means I can think about it a lot. It means I can research it. It means I can catalyze research, conduct the research. I can talk with practitioners around the world, do podcasts, write books, write stuff. So I get to just think about it from so many different ways. And that's really important because it means that it always is in my sight. It's always in my purview to be thinking about because it's so easy with anything in positive psychology, no matter how excited we get about it, for us to forget it. You know, we habituate, we move away from it, or, you know, we loved it for a while and then we move on to other things, but to really make it part of our skin and bones. So I'm kind of lucky. I'm constantly reminded. So I get to constantly think about it and apply it. And then, you know, I might do different challenges with myself where uh, I'll focus on each of the different character strengths uh, over a 24-week period. So I did that not too long ago where I practiced having a curious mindset for a week and I journaled about it and then a creative mindset and then a loving mindset, you know, all the way through. You know, so I can play around with it that way or I can use, you know, this strategy or that strategy. You know, I, I love it. And I'd say the same thing about mindfulness as this wonderful default. So like, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what stressors, problems come about, I can come back to those defaults of mindful attentiveness and that accepting, curious, open-minded approach that mindfulness is, or that I have these signature strengths to turn to, you know, no matter what happens. And I'm not saying it's going to be a cure-all or it's going to transform everything perfectly, but it's just wonderful to have those quote-unquote tools as defaults. You know, and I, you know, as a clinical psychologist, I mean, these are my two favorite tools, you know, or approaches because they're so applicable to, to literally any experience that we, we have in our life. So that's a little bit on, on me, how it develops, you know, we're still learning about that in terms of how it develops in in children and that some character strengths have a, a stronger developmental trajectory. They might develop a little bit later in life, like maybe perspective for a lot of kids, appreciation right. of excellence, judgment, critical thinking, you know, not to say that some kids won't have those very strongly, but on average, you know, parents are going to report love that they see in their kids. They're going to report curiosity. They're going to report kindness. They're going to report fairness, maybe sometimes bravery for some kids. So some will be more obvious. And, and that's always my suggested strategy, you know, two strategies really for any parent of any age. I don't care if you have a baby that's maybe in the womb or if you have a one-year-old or if you have a 12-year-old or a 37-year-old, I think strength spotting. So spotting the character strengths in the child is is one of the most important things to do and to sort of be saying it out loud to the child. At the very least, especially for very young, young kids, the parent is at least practicing taking an approach of looking for what's best in their kids or trying not to get lost in the stress that's going to be there, get lost in the frustration that's going to be there, you know, but to complement all of that by looking for what's best in them and just to be rehearsing and practicing with that language. So you you can't do that enough. I mean, I think of strength spotting as a lifelong journey, you know, spotting strengths and appreciating strengths in others is for the rest of our life. So of course, and it doesn't apply just to parents with kids. Of course, it can apply to your relationship partner. And we there's some new research on that and it can apply in your workplace, the teachers, there's a couple studies and on teachers spotting strengths in their students. And so that's one big area that I suggest. Then the other is reframing. So strengths reframing for parents and helping kids, which is to be able to, of course, 
face stressors and face difficulties and to know that that's normal and to cope with that, to work with that, but also to be able to reframe those using the strengths language. Uh, So to be able to see a kid that's being really kind of hyperactive and all over the place and to be able to see, well, that's also some zest and that's also some curiosity. Now, it's not the only thing. I mean, they, they do have this other thing that might even be a symptom of something greater. And there's a problem there that we need to work on. But we can't lose sight that it's not just a problem. It's not just this little thing we can diagnose. There's also a positive energy to it. You know, that kid is a human being that's growing and developing and trying to function. And there's a, there's a zest. There's an energy. There's a vitality, a part of them that can be championed and pointed out and reframed. And then there's a curiosity there. There's a love of learning there. So I don't use the strengths as a way to replace diagnosing, you know, or labeling, but as a great complement to it. And so we as parents, not every parent's going to diagnose, but but parents can use that to help reframe some of their stressors and see the good that's going on too. It's such a much nicer way, isn't it, to approach, as you said, not just children, but but people in general and the idea of the golden mean and, and also when to wind one up and when to wind it back. And, you know, you're particularly drawing on your social in, intelligence there as well. But I had, I had to have a little giggle, Ryan, because I'm assuming your children possibly had too. My children who are now in their, in their adulthood pretty much had underwent every psychological assessment that I learn in my training as a psychologist. But I still recall when I first asked them to do the VIA and I think my son, Sid, was probably only about eight or something and his older sister was uh, three years older. And gratitude was his top strength that came out. And his sister, older sister, quickly turned to me and said, Mum, that test is so not right. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so not a grateful child. <laughs> but uh, of course he was, but it was just her perspective on, on him. But it's such a powerful um, approach with children, as she said, and, and, and with others. And I also, I, I guess in many ways, it it helps us to develop some compassion as well when we're looking at people through through the lens of strengths and, and to see, as you said, that perhaps it is a strength. It may be very well overplayed or, as we said, not used in the most socially intelligent way, but uh, it's, it is a strength at heart there. So yeah. thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing your wisdom and your enthusiasm for this field and your experience in this field. And there's so much more we could have spoken about. I'm really grateful to have got to know you over the years and, and look forward to learning more. There's just so much today that you've shared that I didn't know as well. So um, we're going, as we said, we'll post some of that research abstracts and, and linkages uh, to papers if that's possible. And definitely visit the the VR Institute. There's so much information on there, Ryan, isn't there, around the different areas, as you said, for application in those various fields. Yeah, there's everything that a person would want to know about. I mean, maybe not everything, but you know, you can learn about each of the 24 strengths. Obviously, you could take the VIA survey. You can take on-demand courses on character strengths that we've been creating the last couple of years as well. You know, get deeper dive reports, personalized results with graphs on your on your strengths. Yeah, there's a whole lot to explore. People can conduct their own research and you know manage th- manage their clients' results. And so much people don't understand is actually free. So that's kind of what's exciting. And yeah, the VIA survey, I should say, I don't know if the listeners know this or not, but it's taken by somebody every 10 seconds every 10 uh, seconds. of every minute of every day. So it's, wow. and it's only been increasing, by the way, in the last, like in the last five years, it's increased by like 20% every year. So it's just becoming more and more 
popular because of the substantive nature of the free results and and all that people can get. And so that's exciting. And yeah, and we can maybe include a link um, not only to, yeah, via character.org for people yes. to explore the site and the survey and all that, but there is a new special issue on character strengths that, uh, that just came out. It's a journal issue. Uh, the journal is called Frontiers in Psychology. Yes. Uh, it's a good journal. The whole special issue is character strengths. Oh, wow. Edited by researchers in Israel, Canada and the Netherlands. And, uh, and so there's, uh, I have a couple papers in there and there's 15 different uh, peer reviewed papers and it's all free, total, full access PDFs. So just one link will take you to everything. And you can, you can see the studies like one that I did on spirituality and character strengths. You could see, I did another one uh, with a colleague called the practice of character strengths. And that's trying to put everything we know about character strengths practice. We try to do an operational definition of what is a character strengths-based practice, what is a character strengths practitioner, you know, with different elements and criteria. We talked about the different character strengths practices that we deemed as soaring, as emerging, or as right for development. And we kind of operationalize all of those. And we also, in that paper, summarize the research and whether the character strengths research in different domains is soaring, like in work and education, yeah. or is emerging, like in healthcare, or is right for development, like work uh-huh. with the environment yeah. and working with peace. So that those two papers and then many others are all full access. So that'd be great too. And oh, and I just want to also say, Thank you, Susie, for your leadership as well. You've been such an amazing leader in this field of positive psychology and coaching and strengths and character strengths. So it's always great to connect with you too. Yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. And uh, we normally ask uh, for a recommendation, but I think you've covered a lot there. And uh, we actually have quite an extensive list of books that we recommend uh, to do relating to specifically character strengths, which we'll also make available to people. So it's time to say goodbye, Ryan, but I am looking forward to connecting in person when we can at the next international or perhaps European or perhaps Australian, you never know, Positive Psychology Conference. Bow of gratitude to you, Susie. Thank you. And same to you, Ryan. Thanks very much for listening to the Positivity Prescription Podcast Series 2. And if you'd like to learn more, head to our website, thepositivityinstitute.com.au to purchase a copy of my first book for the public, The Positivity Prescription. You can also sign up for our e-news where you can stay up to date with all things positive. See you next episode. And remember, life's too short to languish.